Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, where we ask questions and demand answers from each other. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. This week, we're going to give you an update on... We're going to give you a general progress update, progress report on what we've been doing in season two of this podcast. It's probably six months in now, isn't it? It was like after, after meaning. Yeah. Um... So that's some app projects and some audiovisual projects and all the different things that we've been trying to do, ideas we've had, uh, frustrations we've experienced. And this does sort of like link a bit back into the previous episode where I haven't done quite as much as I would have liked to of. See how I use the word of for how there. This is a good moment for me to review my season two activities because I have relocated to the Croatian island of Brach, certainly for the next few months, potentially mm. longer, if people want to pay me to do work remotely. <laughs> and uh, so therefore I have an opportunity to review my season two activities and perhaps adapt them to my new lifestyle. Excellent. All right, well, let's, uh, let's play some music in and then... Um chat get on with it so Ivanka the island of Brach how far Mm. away is that from where they filmed all that Game of Thrones stuff not far uh, but far enough apparently there's a catamaran type boat not a ferry that takes you from Dubrovnik to Brach but a different village to ours uh, which takes a couple of hours alright so I you think. can go and see maybe 20 I where... don't know I've never been on the ferry <laughs> thing on the boat but I've been to Dubrovnik many times well good <laughs> uh, how's it how's it going <laughs> Uh, it's going well. Uh, I yes. Um, yes. So the, 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 that was my video. My unfortunately for Dubrovnik, whilst it's all very exciting that they have these Game of Thrones tours and Star Wars tours and shit, yeah. it just fills the city with people that don't spend any money because they come off cruise ships, right? And then they just fill the space, right? Um, but yeah, I don't Why know. Why don't they that. spend any money? What? What? what I don't know. Do well, I think a lot. Restaurant? I think at some point, somebody in Croatia, or maybe it was in these specific cities, made a made a, made a point of making about their tourism strategy about attracting cruise ships, but right. forgetting entirely that cruise ships tend to be like all inclusive. So yeah, why would you? Why would you yeah. come off your boat and then go to lunch somewhere or buy a drink when? If you save up your hunger, you can go back to your cruise ship. You're heavily polluting a cruise ship and uh, eat and drink to your heart's content or something like that. But yeah, Dubrovnik is very busy these days. I wouldn't go in high season if you paid me to go. Okay. <laughs> Off season, no problem. It is very, very beautiful and, mm. you know, worth a visit in, in a sort of living museum type way. But... Mm. Uh, full of tourists <laughs> that's what i have to say on that okay. <laughs> how are you michael <laughs> i've got i've got this uh, yeah i just had a week of 
doing nothing. So we recorded, you know, I think um, I, I realised one aspect of, of the the contents of the last episode were I think I was kind of approaching some burnout. I think I'm still not, the, the wolf's not fully away from the door, but, you know, when your sort of head starts to feel sort of like crushed in and your creativity disappears, and you're just like, can't see anything. Um, not can't see anything, but like just that sort of head pressure. It's, it's 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 much less than it was a week ago, but still, you know, I could still use present. another couple of weeks to be quite honest. So I've just been, um, I just bought myself a Nintendo. <laughs> just, <laughs> the obvious uh, way to recover from burnout. Well, I just thought I'm just going to do absolutely nothing and just play, you know, games for a week. So I just played this uh, Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, where you wander around this uh, open world kingdom and uh, sort of wonder what the video game logic is at times. (laughs) I'm just going to walk into this person's house and apparently I can just sleep in their bed without even talking to them. What's that about? Or just like there's these monsters... Well, you can tell they're monsters because they're going, but then just minding their own business, just <laughs> defending their little thoughts, and you're supposed to just go in and murder them. And I'm like, is, is this what? What the moral? What is the morality of this game? And it's sort of realizing it's all right if they're human, then they're okay, but they don't kill them. But if they're not, then you, they're, they're fair game. Okay, that seems all right, fine. And then its treatment of uh, women is not sophisticated. <laughs> Like that. That's very. I, I, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's been fun. Like flying, you know, like gliding around and like figuring out puzzles and and just I sort of went out in the real world yesterday and just it sort of puts a different lens on it. And you, something that I I like that does tie back into some of our conversations is this thing of the way it sort of frames commerce and money is you're you're just walking around and you sort of see mushrooms and you see these things that you can just sort of gather or if you sort of fight monsters you sort of get stuff monster parts and things and then all of that sort of labor that you've put in can then be exchanged for cash the first sort of merchant you meet you can say okay well I've got these animal bits and I've got these you know I've cooked this nice hot pot do you want to buy that for more money than you know I paid for the parts or whatever um and and then I sort of walk through London and go. There's there's nothing in real life that there's nothing just around that you can just sort of gather and then exchange. Like everything's everything's locked in and just it's just hard concrete walls and brick walls. And the only thing I could really think of that was analogous to this sort of like wandering you know nomadic existence where you just sort of collect nice things that you find was like bike thieves (laughs) you know this idea of like nothing's like if if something's not nailed down then someone will probably have it in london and but then maybe that's actually a valid human instinct because you know if there weren't if it wasn't massively overpopulated and just closed off to and owned and marked out then that would kind of be a valid way to survive and exist that we're just we have to somehow turn off and you have to sort of go into these special processes in order to be able to you know make money which is why i think sharon and i like this idea of you know she does crochets and things and then we set up a market stall and she sells stuff on the stall sort of feels a bit more in touch with a more traditional way of existing yeah we we had uh, in our clear out before moving we had 
quite because I've mentioned before the neighborhood that I live in in Brighton people leave furniture outside and bits and bobs and Mm. you can you know take them away so I mean in terms of we have many chairs and much furniture (laughs) that has been thus gathered and upcycled um but as we were packing I had a a box of treasures outside our house and it was quite amusing watching because I mean, there was I, there was a few discussions with my small child going, "Mummy, I didn't say you could put this in the recycling." <laughs> like, as I try and offload some nonsense that she's been given. But anyway, so I had this, but it's quite nice watching the kids on the way to school and back coming in to have a rummage, and mm. they all. Oh, yesterday, I got myself a new book, and today I've got myself a little bag, and you know, mm. like one of them came back so it's a nice way not only was it nice way of exchanging stuff or you know giving stuff away for free but also chatting to your neighbors and um just generally you know just engaging a bit so it's quite because I sat outside every so often if I saw parents coming past with a pram and a small child I'd be like would you like to look at my box of treasures never know what a small child will turn into a toy is what mm. i've learned so um, yeah unfortunately yeah. nobody wants anything you know outside brighton nobody wants anything used they just want to go and buy it new from argos they want a new one in a plastic box they don't want to touch something that anyone else has ever touched have we mentioned that thing about how phone screens have this carcinogenic they use this carcinogenic chemical to clean them so there's no fingerprints on them so all the people uh, in the factories that yeah, are white-getting, cleaning these phones so that it looks like no human hand has ever touched it because that's what we expect from our shiny Apple product. Well, well shiny anything I didn't product. know. You, you did mention that, but you didn't mention it was mm. a carcinogenic cleaning. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's carcinogenic. Carcinogenic and uh, it's just so that we don't see a fingerprint on our phone. Weird. And, and imagine that anyone's ever come near it. I am curious on that topic, though, to to sit because I've got stuff here that I could do like this free giggling type activity yeah. I'm trying to work out how to um uh infiltrate the this little village society sufficiently to get to set up like a children's clothes swap or uh mm. you know bring a toy swap or something just to get this idea that if because the only thing that currently happens is the people who rather than uh, much uh, um, plastic many of the plastic bottles and drinks cans you can get money back if you take them back to the shop that they were bought from so a lot Mm. of people who uh, will leave bags of these stuff outside and then the people who need money will then take them back and uh, get the money for them and so that's the closest behavior I've noted to mm. um, to that sort of freegling type because I told you when we when we bought this house it was full of furniture and stuff so there's right. quite a lot of things that we've not thrown away but we don't we've just got them in the loft because we haven't thought of anything to make with them yet but <laughs> you never know. Let me tell you about. So it was the EU, as of recording, it was the EU elections yesterday. And so I voted. Um, I think it's pretty scandalous that you go to sort of BBC 
I went to the iPlayer app to see what I could find, like, about the candidates, basically. See, mm-hmm. okay, well, they must have done, like, a roundup of here's everyone. Uh, or just, like, looking... Because, basically, Facebook told me, here's a thing, here's a website where you can go, and at least they'd, it's all linked into some Twitter accounts. But really, I, like, the BBC was nothing but Farage and just nothing about the EU elections. And then my dad was complaining today that there's nothing about it in the on Radio 4 this morning. No, like, it's like it's it just, didn't happen. How are we, you know, and I, and I feel like this whole electoral process where you sort of leave it till the last minute, but then because we're uh, the way our brains are trained for the internet, you don't expect there to be no information about these people that you're supposed to choose no. between. But there's very little information about it. It's always hard to find, or and then I realize, oh, we should have gone to the hustings like earlier in the week or last week to actually kind of see who these people were. But you sort of turn up and it's like. I can imagine a lot of people like, well, the Brexit party is the only one I've heard of, so I guess <laughs> better the devil you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't, I think we overestimate how much of a, a rational decision goes into this voting because there's not, like, isn't the job of the press to inform us about all this stuff? And well, surely, certainly the publicly funded press. You know, BBC homepage should be... Here is a rundown and a profile of every person in every area, and we've interviewed them. And here's a video, and like I, I just would expect that these days, but it's really just not there at all. No, um, no, it's not. Uh, I'm a bit. I was a bit confused with the. Um, so I've had quite a pleasant week of not being constantly plugged into the UK news cycle and mm. uh, generally social media because we've been unpacking, and due to. Uh, uh, due to some of the positive benefits of the climate breakdown, is that it's been unseasonably rainy here, which means that my plants have grown enormously, as have my weeds. Mm-hmm. So there's been some garden to bring into order. And so I've had quite a a, uh, a week... Media-free. A media-free yeah. week, because the only work work mm-hmm. we've been doing on the computer is, sort of is being... Um, we're launching Restaurants Brighton Jobs, so that right. which seems like a sensible add-on to Restaurants Brighton. Um, mm. So we've Nick and I have been working on that, and as our main work objective, and then the rest of the time being unpacking, moving things around. We brought some more recycled chairs with us, so we brought okay. three chairs. So then you've got to choose where you're going to put them. Um, so uh, you know, it's very exciting in our house uh, with all that. Mm. With all that bin-dived uh, furniture. And, uh, yeah, so it's been quite refreshing. Uh, but the bits I have seen have all been about tactical voting and how to stop the far yeah. right and milkshakes. And it, yeah. it's quite... And then somebody shared with me, my friend in Norway, who I usually do a proxy vote for him, he sent mm. me a link to this article on Medium where somebody's done loads of investigating into uh, Brexit party candidates. I'll share the link with you later. Um, mm. But it's like, it is a, an incredibly depressing read. Uh, it's like... Um, uh, yeah, why is know. that? And why is that a medium post and not? Yeah, yeah. Why isn't it journalism main... that no, we're no, paying no, no. for with our yeah. tax money? Like, why isn't that what the BBC is doing? Why has it got to be some guy? Like, yeah. I assume it, guy. It's a. Uh, it's kind of like basically just 
just the intro from gay con- conversion therapy advocates to supporters of paedophilia legislation, from climate change deniers to rampant tax avoiders, from NHS abolitionists to besties of neo-Nazis, from fracking supporters to unabashed profiteers of chaos is the summary mm. of everything I found out about the Brexit Party MEP candidates. I mean, it's uh, mm. it's just a a just a terrible horror story, frankly. Mm. Um, That's kind of the word of the week, isn't it? Like chaos profiteers, like chaos is a ladder. Anyway, so I will tell you what I ended up deciding. Which tell was, me. I was like, I was like, I think it has to be green. Yes. And um, the reason for that partly was like, basically, in Game of Thrones terms, I feel like the Green Party are seeming more and more like Jon Snow going, everybody in King's Landing stop squabbling the army of death's coming like <laughs> they're coming down to kill us all and if we don't do something about it and it's like i was like okay yeah that that's i think that's quite a good analogy where, where it's all like where and everything else is like well who's going to stop brexit who's going to be the biggest you know it's all political and sort of like pretty empty and yeah. even and to me it was like between probably the liberal democrats just because they're actually saying no we're just going to not do brexit we're not going to have a people's vote which you know i think that's what they were saying i feel horribly ill-informed but that that green like environmental concern is a set of values that i can be pretty sure that i know that 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 makes sense that's something that and then Brexit, not doing Brexit is a means to an end. So it's not like as soon as you sort of cancel Brexit, like everything, like, because the thing is, it gets cancelled or it happens. We still got problems to solve. And yeah, I would yeah. rather just look past the current bullshit, like look where the ball is going to be rather than where it is now. And I think, so that was, I was just thinking like, what's that Steve Jobs quote? Like, you got to kind of aim for where the ball is going to be, not where the all is now that um or you'll just miss it so i thought well i guess the only part the only people i can see it, it feels suddenly like the green party have for years been those people and like here's where it's going um and then also from a lot of our conversations and you know kate rawworth and all these um yeah. all this economics learning i've been doing recently it's like in like sustainability and environmental awareness or whatever is not a single issue party it's it affects everything and if you have sustainability as a mindset then that there's nothing that that doesn't affect and so i I just i thought yeah okay well i guess i'm voting green because that's that i can't uh, there's a qualitative difference between the sort of squabbles of people and and there are other sort of and then i did see like the first one was like animal rights party i'm like Come on. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's that's where I would have used to probably have put the Green Party sort of quite close to those in my mind. But now I'm like, OK, no, let, let's face it. Like, this is the biggest issue facing us all. So yeah. who are the people that have been talking about this? Let's go for these I, fuckers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we, we, ha- we went to dinner with uh, some good friends last night. These are my old family friends. And uh, that we were talking about who they're going to vote for in the EU elections. And I was like, is there a green candidate? And they're like, and they've lived many years in Germany. They're like, no, mm. the Greens don't really feature. They, they, there's one minister they were referring to who had a self photographed with like all very nicely dressed with gloves on picking up rubbish. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, that's a, 
So, uh, yeah, so I think my answer to any political conversation on in this part of the world where things are very, very right or very mm. left, left and there's no middle ground whatsoever um, is, uh, yeah, that's all very interesting people, but there's a climate crisis. So it's, yeah. that's become my new mantra. Uh, well, there was an, a George Osborne piece where, which I found by someone from the Liberal Democrats thanking George Osborne. I think it was George Osborne in like in the tele, not the like in the Independent or something. But it was it kind of went through like why most of it's bullshit and sort of came out saying, well, the Liberal Democrats are going to seem like the people to to vote for. Um, but then, um, but then you know, didn't mention the Greens at all in that. And I was like, you know what? I think that's wrong. Obviously, I'm not doing any tactical voting bullshit. I think no, we, I, 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 think I think that's, that's shit. <laughs> I think if we're thinking like that, we're just we're just going to fuck ourselves over. I I think now listening to what you're saying, I think my next job after this recording is to cancel my Labour Party membership and join the Green <laughs> Party. It's just like okay. it's time to stop now. I'm I'm so I'm very disappointed that. Um, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have it in me to, you know, help fix the Labour Party. And I think that, I mean, in Brighton, the Labour and the Green candidates have agreed to work together uh, because mm. Labour, the Labour, Labour Party has the majority on the local council, but only by one, I think. Right. So the, it's a Labour leader, but they've agreed they've come to an agreement on five policy items, including sort of housing, climate crisis. Um, and uh, I don't know what the others are, to be honest with you, because they're the two things that face Brighton. But but they've agreed to collaborate, cooperate, mm. all those sorts of words. So uh, rather than playing political shenanigans with each other, which is what's become mm. incredibly boring to me, this sort of like chess playing bullshit when actually... There's a climate collapse, so let's crack on and sort it out. The army of the dead. The army of the dead are, are coming. coming. <laughs> I, I'm very disappointed with the reaction to Game of Thrones. And uh, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but Please I, don't. a lot of people I respect are whinging about it. And I'm like, come on. Like, it's just, I, I know it doesn't necessarily feel good, but guys, you know, that's the story. <laughs> and there was some shit that we saw on screen that you can't, you, how can you be whinging after they put that stuff on screen? And that's all I'll say, like, spoiler free, but, like, how can you be whinging about something that just did that? And you were like, I was, I've never felt, like, sick to my stomach for, like, 80 minutes of TV before. Wow. Like, so how you can be whinging about, oh, well, they kind of rushed some of the plot threads. It's like, fucking, come on, come on. You do, but it was very much the man in the arena situation yeah, going yeah, on there, yeah. right? Like, really, come on. Like, yeah. and you just watch, have you not even watched a behind the scenes? Like, and you're saying that, it's like, come on. You, you, look, they were literally in the mud every night for like 50 nights. And, like, these actors are going through hell to do this. Like, they could just be on some sitcom, but they're like actually in the mud with this heavy stuff on and it's cold and it's like, Give them a break. Like, <laughs> why are you being such twats about this? 
Uh, anyway, so that's all we'll say about that. The, the innovations they come up with, how they could have piles of bodies because they learned one time, like, as you paint, they have these like latex molded like corpse piles that are sort of hollow aren't they? that then painted, but so that it's easy to move them around because there were so many piles of corpses. Like, <laughs> anyway, Game of Thrones, come on, guys. Jesus Christ, like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want from these people? Right, <laughs> where are we up to? Where we're In up- saving the world. In- <laughs> people should be able to see your face now. <laughs> where are you? Pink up to- face. I got a bit of sunburn yesterday. You just don't, it's, summer always catches you by surprise in London. It was like 21, 22, and I just walked around for a couple of hours and just Burnt. thought it was fine. And I looked in the mirror, I was like, oh, no, bit of sunburn. That's so not going to help you. Red face. And also, well, yeah. And also, um, excellent um, ContraPoints video, by the way, came out yesterday. Beauty was the title. And oh. I watched it in the day and then just ended up rewatching the whole. It was really easy to rewatch the whole thing with Sharon later on. So she was like, so, because just, she's just had a, like, facial feminization surgery oh which is like shaving off a bit of bone from the jaw like taking cartilage out the nose reducing the forehead getting like reducing the adam's apple all this kind of stuff and it was just an episode on she's like oh why, why did she do it i was like oh, it's really complicated <laughs> this is someone that knows that society societal constructs of beauty and patriarchy but but i just want to be beautiful but i don't want to look like a woman, woman. I just don't want to look like a man. Like, I, I, all this, and it's so complicated. I was just like, well, let's just watch this bit. And it's like, oh, just watch the whole thing. It's just really, it's so well put together. And some music that I, I'm enjoying the work of Sophie, um, the artist, all caps, uh, a couple of tracks. Vise is strangely compelling. And this uh, face shopping track, I would recommend having listened to it. It's nuts in a good way. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, what were we saying? Uh, yeah, um, how, where are, where are we up to? We're saving the world. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm, now, I'm now in Croatia, so that's nice. And mm. there's lots of insects in my garden, so that's also reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, and I've got tangerines on my trees. Um, which is well, this is not really about exciting. how you're saving the world. Also, <laughs> I, I, this reminds me of another thing, which is we've got those seed bombs, but... They are really like we look at the gut. It's like been a few weeks now, yeah. And you look down, it's like the weeds are so much bigger than anything that's coming out of those little cardboard grenades. And I don't really see why they were in little grenades because it doesn't seem to aid anything. Why don't we just tip them out into the soil? Why did it's, they're slightly ugly as well? So you've got these slightly feeble growth from the things we planted. Meanwhile, the weeds are just like, are you watered? We're, we're big, we're ready. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's not my fault that your seed bombs haven't worked. You're the one that recommended them. Well, I just said get some bee seeds, bee-friendly flowers, I said. Did um, you? No, you said seed bombs. Oh, did I? How else? All right. Yeah. Okay, I said seed bombs. I thought they were a good thing. <laughs> I thought they'd well, be easy. Just, apparently they're losing the battle to the weeds in our garden. No. How are we Why saving the world? Pull up some weeds, man. <laughs> Um, well, that's weed. The weeds are good for the bees to. as well. Anyway, are yeah, they I'm not sure weeds? which of weeds. Some of them might be not weeds, and it's not quite clear yet 
maybe some of it isn't weeds, but I don't know. It seems my, like most of it's My weeds. approach is uh, if it looks pretty, keep it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's a good, good policy. You know, like, uh, and, da- you know, it's all about these days, it's all about not... Oh, that's what happened on Adrian. So we drove across Europe in the van. Mm. My husband was on his motorcycle, so in a separate vehicle, riding mm. his motorcycle across Europe. But we would meet up for coffees and things. And uh, we in Austria, we stopped at one um, it was like service station lay-by thing with no shops or anything, just a place to stop and have picnics. And mm. it was full, 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 full of dandelion flowers. And for mm-hmm. the first time ever live in the world, I saw a bee with the big pollen bags on its legs. <laughs> what? Nice. Why are you laughing? <laughs> a, I've never seen it. a bee covered in pollen bags. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen What's it. What's not funny about that? <laughs> I've seen, Weirdos. <laughs> I've seen a picture of it in, in, uh, on, on interwebs. Uh, but I was like, oh, look, look, look. So we did a little science and nature lesson. Look, because she wants to pick all the dandelions. I was like, no, we must leave them for the bees. Um, so it was exciting. That's still not telling you how we're saving the world. So this is my plan. <laughs> this, right. is, this is my plan, right? Number one, I'm going to make my app that records how vegan I am. Okay. Which obviously to any ve- real vegan... That question is just a, a, an abhorrence. <laughs> However, well, that's, that's this problem. I don't like it. to be identified as a vegan, just in case someone puts me in. Are you vegans? You've got a brand problem. Yeah, totally. Anyway, issue. I'm going to make my How Vegan Are We app, which might turn out to be just, you know, a set of fridge magnets to start with or a paper prototype, but we'll see. Then I also, I went for my first run this morning because we've been busy unpacking mm. and weeding and stuff. And I collected a whole carrier bag of rubbish. Because right. first I started picking up a few little bits of plastic and then I found a plastic bag. <laughs> and then I started right. putting the bits of plastic and I found a bit of polystyrene. So anyway, I collected lots of rubbish this morning. I was going to photograph it and put it on the internet for the, everyone to admire. But then I thought, trash. do you know what? I'm going to put it in the bin <laughs> instead. Um, so there's my rubbish pickup, which I'm also hoping I might go to the local council and try and work out how does a tourist village, you know, a village that makes most of its income from tourism, how do you weave cleaning your beaches into that as a positive um, tourist message activity? Because, you know, like, um, so people are on their holidays. Yeah. And so, for example, let's say I pick Saturday morning or Sunday morning, because in Brighton, there's a beach cleanup group called Dean's Beach Cleanup, I think. And they uh, often on a Saturday morning and it's year round do beach cleanups. They don't necessarily do Brighton Central Beach because I think that A, gets more attention anyway. And B, it be, you know, I don't know why they don't, but they tend to do the smaller beaches just to the side. I think it might be easier to organise and coordinate. But anyway, so so I was trying to work out how I, because I'm very happy to be the mad lady who goes, you know, that mad lady that's moved here from England uh, who picks up rubbish. I'm, I'm cool with that, but I'd like to have slightly more reach than that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'd like to get some more mad ladies joining in or mad people. Um, so I was thinking about how to, because uh, the mayor is quite friendly and and uh, sort of a they're independent. The, the mayor of the village is is a party independent, so I could go for mm. a chat with him and his gang, um, and see what he says. And the brand of the village is bicycle friendly, 
So mm. that's that. That's their tourism tagline. So it's mm. not a big stretch if you're attracting people who are outdoorsy and cycly to say, you know, we also have a Saturday morning beach plastic pickup or we encourage people because you do sit on the beach and watch people you know peel their sweets and let the paper flutter in the wind and I just wonder how you know could I get some uh, rubbish bags paper rubbish bags printed that I could give out to people could I you know like how do you do a thing that is that doesn't basically balance out let's clean our beaches with the beaches aren't that dirty in the first place because why would you know like you mm-hmm. want to come in here on holiday because the sea is beautiful and clean but let's take our rubbish off the beach please and other people's if they've left it behind or it's washed up or whatever so that's my little my mm. my current dilemma because one thing i have from reading all these how do we save the world things i think local community is a major factor in how we do that. So becoming more mm-hmm. interreliant, sharing. I've said it before, but I think helping, you know, being the best I can be in my local community, I think is um, worth the worth the bother. On Team Human as well, you hear you know stories of these things that start up as local things, and then yeah, yeah, you've talked about things like that as well. Um, so and then, and then I was thinking that. Because as I was walking back this morning, I was like, actually, I could easily start doing the gun, the gun dud, <laughs> the done good app <laughs> mm. again. Uh, I just need to maybe create a shortcut for it on my uh, phone. So I do it. Yeah, I mean, I really think it's reminders that are missing at the moment. I think we need to just be reminded of our scores every week because it's just easy. It's the first thing that gets forgotten about, really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we're not even... I'm not even asking you on the podcast. I've I'm, I'm not been keeping mine up, so no, I haven't done. Forgotten. Mine. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's we gone. Need to, we need to gamify it properly. Yeah. Um. You know, I got I've got a platinum gym membership, and that's two years. I'm a platinum member. What does Imagine that mean? That. I don't know. It just means I've got the platinum status, and wow. then I'll have the the diamond status next year. Do you get it's a special very, headband. Uh, like See, all we have band. to do is just say, look, one more, three more months at this level and, and you'll have platinum. this arbitrary thing <laughs> icon on your profile. I think that's quite effective. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have literally no time to work on any of that. I was speaking to one of my academic friends recently and she, well, we got together about six weeks ago and then we talked about once I was here, because she reckoned after May she'd have time, she's come up with some sort of working model for uh, integrating sustainability into design. Um, Mm. I don't, that's as much as I know. Um, But I said I'd help her with making a website and some, you know, sort of work on that with her, Um, Mm. which means that I could then apply you know, in terms of like uh, magnifying influence or reach, that seems to me to be if there's a, a a model for doing design work that helps sustainability, and I can help get that out there, then I think that's a that's an important factor in saving the world. Mm, getting a TED talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but going back get to your uh, a vegan TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to your uh, your vegan app, yeah, like, I, I think it's quite interesting to talk about because you you mentioned um, your sort of how are you going to approach it, yeah, 
I think that's quite interesting to hear about. I don't personally, I'm not that keen on recording the details of what I've eaten. I find it a bit, I, I lose interest very quickly, like from a calorie counting point of view. And I think, so I was thinking that what I could do as a, as a sort of paper prototype of it is create something with my daughter that we have on the fridge. So, mm. uh, you know, after meals we can mark if, and I think, I think there's, three main classifications which is vegan vegetarian and meat and I think to start with those would be the three so Mm. um and then you could then you could possibly start doing percentages like you know if you if you eat meat every day but are just using three lardons to flavor something how much of a meat eater are you really but that's I think that's the second tier so if mm. you could, so I think, and then we could have a little chart on the fridge and you, and you know, there's, cause she's, she's four, she's very into coloring in and making, just making things. And we could do some, I think we could do some buttons or something that's different mm. colors and just see how that evolves. Um, yeah. No, I think that's a good way, good way to approach it. Yeah. And then, um, uh, the, the, and then I mean you can always just take pictures of it as well and then you've got this record of it yeah, that yeah, you yeah. could potentially import into something, something more sophisticated yeah. in the future something I did see the other day I was doing I found this well as I found this platform called Coda uh, Coda.io where you sort of make these documents that behave like apps that I thought might be quite a good fit for that I was telling you about it before but this is on the podcast I, I, I think it's a if because the way people like people that don't program but need to work like often you see them programming through excel and it's kind of like that's that's yeah. that it's like you are programming but in this slightly awkward way through massively complex yeah, yeah, excel yeah, yeah. um like formulas and scripts and things like that and actually this would be a lot easier to do if you just sort of embraced that yeah, you're yeah. coding rather than trying to sort of like double click on that little box and type it into this horrible little row where you can't really read it anymore um, so I'm quite interested in this platform, which is it's sort of like lets you make a document and then there are spreadsheets within that, but then that you can sort of reference the data in different ways. And if you make a Gantt chart that connects to a timeline thing, you can drag the Gantt chart timeline and it will kind of like update the the, the, the Excel, you know, the sort of the table earlier and things like that. I'm not, we're not being paid to talk about this, but I just thought that would be quite an interesting platform for... It- for you to maybe try prototyping something on. I mean, I had I had thought about simply starting it off as a spreadsheet, but actually, I think I'm more mm. likely to fill it in if it's like on the fridge or something to start with, because that's the sort of a yeah, closer. yeah. I think. And then the, but but also, isn't this this what you're talking about? Isn't that similar to whatever David Siegel's doing at the moment? Because wasn't he doing something with make an app I through? Like I haven't looked at it. I think I don't. I I I don't like this this um, making software without code idea I, th- I think it's a i think it's easier to write I, I, I just don't know why there's this i don't know i haven't looked at it sorry david i haven't looked at it yet but i i do have a bit of like I'm like what's wrong with a bit of code just make the writing of the code really clear yeah yeah i, I mean I, i'm sure I'm, david has done something yeah. clever with the idea i don't know i agree with you to to quite to quite a big degree actually because i mean when Mm. i i mean it's been a long time since i've really done proper proper coding of any description but Mm. i i uh when i started making web pages you had to write your own there were no apps to do Mm. anything clearly so you Mm. just had to write your own html and even now even if you look at the back of a wordpress page as soon as 
a thing has edited it. There are bits in there that you're like, why do you need that? What what is that doing in there? And then you end up just going in and like cleaning out stuff that Mm. doesn't really have. So it's so I totally I get what you're saying. And there is beauty in really tidy, well written code. But I mean, for for, for prototyping, getting something moving quickly. I don't know. Yeah, so it's that barrier to entry of, like, the big problem with to write neat code often implies that you've got to do a lot more um, setting up an environment and, like, making build tools and getting all that stuff working so that you can just open this one text document and, like, type in three lines and it achieves more than, you know, hundreds of lines in some other thing. Yeah, I think you sort of pay with the environment. So there's these online platforms where you can, where that's sort of done for you, where you can sort of try things, but then you've got different problems because how are you going to put it on your phone and all this kind of thing. But um, this, I mean, this platform, Coder, is, it's more, it's sort of coming from documents and spreadsheets. So I, I don't know what Dave's doing, but I'll, I'll have to have a look at it just to see if I, well, I think he's, if he's onto something. I'm sure well, he's got something there. It is David, so... One has mm. to have some yeah. hope. <laughs> yes. I, as I was mm. mentioning to you earlier, at nursery before we left, she'd done this whole healthy eating conversation. So she is into asking me about her meal, meal structure. You know, mm. mummy... Is that what's the most healthy thing you could eat? So we had this conversation about how you can eat as many vegetables as you like, but everything mm. else you have to eat in moderation. And that what about ice cream? Because mm. we've now got to do that thing both for ourselves and for her. Because on you know we we drink alcohol. What we don't want to turn into is those weird expats who sort of go and live somewhere and then drink as though they're on holiday and then suddenly <laughs> increase their alcohol consumption. Do you know what I mean? So we've got to make sure we don't pretend we're on a sort of party bus. Uh, Not that that's how we operate, but you know what I mean? Like, um, and then for her, it's a lot of, you know, an ice cream is a treat when you're having a day out, but just because you're in a holiday place uh, doesn't mean that you can now have an ice cream every single day. Uh, Mm. So there's that sort of, so there's those conversations to be had as well. So maybe I can Mm. add another color for, you know, just bad for you. Um, well, if you want a recommendation for an especially chalky vegan ice cream, <laughs> I have forgotten what it's called. We're nearly at the end, so maybe I should talk about me a bit. Yeah, oh, yeah, you can talk <laughs> about I've you done. now, Michael. Michael, how, what are you doing in your Save the World approach? Look, we, um, like, I think when, with my, so, you know, I was framing it as self-actualization, and, and one of your main sort of um, responses was, yeah, but this is allowing you the freedom to do things that you wouldn't be able to do if you weren't getting paid this money like this is you're buying your ability to work on this stuff and um i've just been the trouble is like you don't get something for nothing and at this point it really is stopping me stopping me it's taking the time away that like it's just meaning that i can't work on things that i want to work on um but like i I watched this tim ferris talk which is where i came across this coder thing um about fear fear setting which is where you 
yeah. So instead of like let's let's imagine the thing. Let's 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 actually like articulate our the worst case scenarios in this framework. Which so he's got. I'll, I'll kind of gloss like, like skim over it, but you sort of define what you define the things that you're worried about that will be the the results of making a decision and how much of an impact that would be from one of no impact to ten, like life ending impact. Then you um. Like think about like what would you do to prevent each of those worst those things happening, and then you think about what would you do if those things did happen to repair them. Like you know, what if other people you know less clever than you, <laughs> you know, got through this, and then like here, what are the benefits of success, and then what is the cost of inaction? Like if you don't do anything, like what's going to happen? Because that's a thing too. So I went through it, and so my the question was like, what if I stop doing contract work? Was my like, what would happen if I just said no to any more contracts like this? Tried to get the app, my own apps kind of making enough money to kind of cover. I've got my costs down. To, if I could just do a little bit more work on these apps to get them paying the bills, which wouldn't be huge. Wouldn't be a huge, like a 10x number of sales. And considering at the moment I'm doing zero marketing, zero work to improve these apps for the last two or three, four years. Yeah. They're looking pretty kind of old but they're still bringing in like you know a bit of cash every month kind of went through that to think like you know that's my goal here um <laughs> i want to stop having to do contract work because it is i have not been able to get i mean i've been making incremental process the other way people say to do this stuff is to do incremental progress every day just make sure you spend an hour on it every day so maybe that's what the regime i'll start from next week make sure i spend an hour on my projects every day and then that may make me feel like things are moving forward a bit more than they do at the yeah, moment. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, you know, I spent a year with enough freedom to think about, like, trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do? And we've been over it on the podcast, but like, I was like, what, where can I use my skills to try and save the what change? You know, do something that might, you know, move the needle a little bit on 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 the problems on something meaningful, and um. And, you know, it took me a while to kind of figure out what that thing was. And in the end, I, you know, and after kind of doing that conference and talking to loads of people there and talking to you every week and kind of looking and looking at all the different things, I did land on this, OK, let's, let's I think it is going to be more a media type thing than a, an explanation uh, slash, you know, sort of like conversation starting thing than necessarily some app that solves some particular problem. So I found that thing and then that immediately... You know, I did the first one and then that immediately turned into, OK, well, I found someone else who's got a very clever idea that is not remotely comprehensible to anyone normal. And I've actually, like, written my script that's, like, actually explains it. And that's... But it's just... It's really so drawn out. I don't know if I even know if I could have sped up that comprehension process on that no, thing. But now what, I'm, yeah. like... I've got a lot of production work to do that really is just, like, I just need a few couple of weeks of just head down to just get this done which is why it sort of feels um so i'm feeling so sharply that i've not got any time to do this and meanwhile you know dungood hasn't had any love for no. <laughs> months um and then you know i was even thinking like you know we talked about like in terms of musical value or just like artistic value that i could offer like there's a guy there's this sort of grumpy guy <laughs> This musician friend of the guy, a uh, guy that works here. He comes in and he goes, um, and he had some other thing, but then he was like, oh, yeah, my, my, one of my friends just uh, killed herself, like, leaving a seven-year-old child. I'm like, 
okay, that's abrupt. But and then I was like, yeah, well, I mean, my mum did that leaving four kids, uh, like under the age of five. So I kind of, I kind of know what that kid's got in store a little bit, depending on what happens. Because he was saying, I feel like I've got to do something. I've got to do something. I was like, and um, I, uh, I thought like, you know, even if just on my YouTube channel there was, I could talk about like, well, what. <laughs> I could help those people that that's happened to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, yeah. like, give them some of my learnings and understandings about what's happened to. I could just, like, even if I just had enough time to do a video a week or a month on that, I think I could actually, like, help a lot of people. And so at the moment, I'm like, I've, after a year or at least a year or two of trying to figure out where what where I could add value, I've kind of figured that out now. <laughs> and it really is, it just really feels like it's the... You know, I'm sort of like trapped in this situation where I, I, it's tempting to just keep earning the money. and But then I just feel like some of this stuff is time sensitive as well. I feel like every every week we lose on like getting this, you know, this um, carrot coin idea out yeah, there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's time. You know, it's, yeah. We've got this there 11 a, years now, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like there is a time limit on this stuff. And so, so yeah. the, the short answer is frustration that I haven't got time to do the things that I know I want to do now. If that's your, if that's the, uh, the, the starting from the what if I said no to contract work? I mean, we mm. talked about the fact that I've learned quite a lot about pay per click and online advertising. Yeah. So you know, we could we could do that for your apps and see what that does. Mm. Um, and it's very easy to just set a small budget. I think what we could also do is because I you know I can't record this you know even the, it would be nice if the podcast at least paid for its hosting <laughs> you know <laughs> do you know what I mean so you know maybe it's time mm. to put a bit more energy and effort into sort of the Patreon on this mm. and so that we get something that uh, is I maybe write about some of the things like yeah. the Done Good app and how we're developing it because we could yeah, also yeah, do. Like, I think between the two of us as well, like if we could provide a different type of consultancy that just mm. is like you know, let's have a look at your app for you, both from a technical yeah, point yeah. of view and a, uh, interaction point of view, and make you know, like mm. just as a little package that then yeah, so it's like not like a two day workshop yeah. type thing, yeah, or exactly. Like whatever, I like those little ones because it's like ah, oh, here's a little kind of yeah, like, yeah, because it's you know, well, there's a lot I think. I mean, we both, we between us, we know a lot about this, <laughs> particularly <laughs> about uh, how to get people to use apps and what makes a good app and all that kind of stuff. And websites. Quite painful to be sitting here, kind of like having a good idea of it, but not being able to exercise that on something we've made. But but then also with some of these other, you know, like having these other. Uh, there's quite a few people out there with good app ideas for helping change the world, but then they might be missing something in execution. So anyway, we're not short of ideas. What we need yeah. is to make sure we uh, cover our living expenses so that we can, yeah. we can, because uh, it's not, yeah, neither of us have any, we've, we've worked out how many freedom coins we need <laughs> and we've yeah, tried yeah. to make it I as few like... as possible. And so what we need now is just to, cover that off with us uh, so that we can do more things yeah yeah and i definitely i think like just a bit of marketing bit of ads on those yeah. apps uh, like if we can get it to a more than net like a net positive yeah, yeah, then yeah, surely yeah. that's good right yeah i can i can taste it 
but yeah, I've got my uh, my my. I did my little fear setting things. Like, what if I stop doing contract? It's like I'll run out of money and start having to borrow again, and ultimately have to go back to contracting. I'll fail to make enough money doing any of my other activities, and will lose my sense of worth because I'm not in situations where I am a an expert. My skills will get rusty, and then I won't be able to return to contracting at a later date, even if I want to. My fallback plan will disappear. I won't be able to afford the gym anymore and will get fat and gross. I will spread myself too thin and end up with too many projects and I'll end up working alone all the time. So these are my these are the things that I need to prevent. Blimey. Fear setting. But I think that's I don't think it's any different from any of us. I freaked out. We know when we came here last autumn mm. and basically I was going to not work at all. For, and mm. I just couldn't cope with the idea of not I was like, I ended up freaking out after three or four weeks going, Nick, I don't know who I am if I'm not. My, mm. you know, so it's, yeah, it's weird. So, like, But I feel much better now, a year later. I think it just takes a bit of time to filter into your brain. Like, uh, and, you know, then occasionally dipping in and doing a six week contract that is very time mm. fixed absolutely helps yeah. me reaffirm to myself that I do know what I'm doing. And yeah, but it's it's hard because you get such a quick dopamine hit just going into those situations. Yeah. It's like I am so experienced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Like and and then you kind of come back to like hacking away at something that you maybe still have a lot to learn about but that has meaning in it. Maybe it's not good and maybe it's not, you know, and you don't know you haven't got like a clear idea of what you need to be doing every day. It's like it is rough, but maybe yeah, maybe after a while you get the hang of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean I I've even started playing much more with with sketch as an app oh, yeah. and I've got sketch I've even come up you know done a logo for somebody recently or you know that I was quite pleased with but you know it's that kind of it's just a, a brand extension so I was working from something they already mm. had but still mm. you know it's just like nice to be able to challenge your skills a bit quite safely just because you're afraid or mm. you voice it or you pinpoint it as a fear doesn't mean you can't cope with it. It's like, you know, that that the biggest thing Nick and I learned on that motorcycle trip was literally listing out all the things, to, you know, like every time you were to encounter the next challenge, we would list out all these things that could go wrong and mm. then kind of discuss contingency plans. And, and then you right. could enter the situation confidently um, mm. and, and I also think the other thing I learned was that um, you everybody has their own level of sort of fear and risk discomfort. So there's always going to be somebody more adventurous than you or braver than you in some regard. Like So going mm. off on a motorcycle trip, for many people, that is something they would never consider doing in terms of leaping out of their comfort zone. But we then mm. met people who were cycling around the world all on their own mm. on $5 a day. <laughs> and like we bumped into this guy in the middle of a desert in Bolivia. We're like, how are you even alive? Well, how are you carrying enough water? Because we can't carry enough water. You know what I mean? So, so people like, but you, I think a lot of this sort of moving forward and changing things is about sort of going, right, this is as far as I'm willing to take a risk. And mm. and then and I think as you realise that you can, then your risk profile gets bigger. You're then braver. You're like, actually, I coped with that. Now I can go another one. Do you know, I, I did this. I did this exercise, and I sort of came out of it going, oh, that's pointless. But now I'm looking back at it, I'm like, 
oh, this is actually really good, isn't it? Mm. Like I've got a list of things. I just have to listen to Sharon when she says that's not important. Make sure that I have enough money saved and keep the corporation tax aside and make sure that a focus of my, my a percentage of my focus is on revenue generation. Make sure, like find out all the prices of things so I can set money aside, set time aside to help other people people through teaching and find places to give value and like that could be youtube because you can find that expertise feeling in other ways keeping i don't know about this rusty skills but i'm going to be keeping my skills going i think i think rusty skills is a distraction you think so yeah it's one of my biggest ones that you're afraid of it's such a yeah it's like such a it always feels like if you don't keep i don't want to be one of these old contractors that only knows php you know it's like i, I kind of want to stay on top of it but but i think you will because you'll do something and it'll frustrate you and then you'll learn something to get you out of that hole i mean you're it's not like you're the kinds of projects you're going to do are going to be nothing like what you would do contract work for there yeah, might no, be a different true. scale but you know fuck if happiness app becomes massive the scale would be no different either you know what i mean it's like it's the only thing that contracting has the potential to give you in terms of challenges that um uh work that this model doesn't is scale Mm -hmm. i think and an insistence on new business models sounds like my child and husband are home even though they were Mm. supposed to be going down the beach okay so that's where we are (laughs) listeners (laughs) That was a status report, I think. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what Pre-ambling. it was. Preambling. We don't know what it was. Well, this is what happens. We need to, we need to like, sort out we our... We need to uh, get more professional on our podcast. <laughs> but, you know, about. it's ramble chat. It's a ramble chat. It's, let's have a ramble chat. <laughs> um, well, this is about... That's, that's one of um, my favourite uh, jingles from Matey's Adam Buxton's podcast. It is podcast. a good one. Anyway, go on. It is a good one. So, yes, um, this is us. Yeah, yeah, it's just us. Uh, so, um, you know, that, that's all I was going to say. Yeah, like the vision. So for me, like the vision of where our money would be coming from is app revenue and Patreon yeah. support slash YouTube sort of stuff. I need to get that Patreon somewhere. I think that's the future that I I, I would like. Um and it's not clear immediately. It's that it's a bit of a chicken. I mean, I think my YouTube is, my I mean, my music YouTube has kind of got is gathering momentum, or kind of it had a spike and uh, like almost enough that maybe I could start getting a, a nudge. But I, I haven't got managed to get any Patreon support. But it's like, but I think that's the that's the vision. Patreon, a bit more app revenue. Cool. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com. Subscribe if you haven't already. Where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. Find me at michaelforestmusic.com and that links through to other things, Instagram, YouTube. And you can send us an email or tweet us and say what you like about the podcast if you like it. And of course, tell your friends. Anything else? 
Um, if you could do right for your reviews and ratings, if you're in your in your app now that you're listening to the podcast on now, go in and find somewhere where it says like or stars or love or something like that. Do mm. those buttons, and then more people will be told about us by the algorithms. Mm. Mm. You know what we should do? So here's a here's a here's Fake a clicks. here's a mission for people. <laughs> well, here's a job for people. That, like we're too close to this. How would you market our podcast? Oh, interesting. Like how what would you tell people our podcast is? Because I think we're too close to it and we don't know. And I and I sort of do think back to David Siegel's review and maybe we should just take that review and like market it. Like <laughs> plug it into AdWords and say, look, this is some, this is what our podcast is. That's true. And um <laughs> Like uh, we we kind of yeah if you've got some thoughts about like what, what just send us an email it's just help us figure out how to how to tell people what it is yeah. maybe you can coin an intro that sticks wow let's, let's make an intro that sticks let's make an intro that sticks beyond that it's, that's hello at grandpodcast.com you can email us and we will both see it so. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.